0: back to insurance happy hour. I'm Becky. This is Laird. Laird, you were at an event this week and tweeted something. I did. That I kind of giggled at. It was interesting.
1: We were sitting at dinner and they were talking about marketing and things in the industry and someone started talking about podcasts. I was in a different conversation at the table
0: But But, you were were doing your usual keep your ears open and listen. mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're, we're, I'm listening to three different conversations. I'm like, I'm talking to you. All of a sudden, I got a whole nother thing out
0: here.
1: (laughs) So, um, someone was just talking about different podcasts in the insurance industry. And someone said, Have you ever heard of this podcast called Insurance Happy Hour?
0: (laughs) And, so did you reply? Did you speak up or were no, you just no, no. listening?
1: No, no, no. Because then like I turned, I did the turn of like, okay, I'm involved now. <laughs> like, this <laughs> happened. So they, they were kind of talking about it and then someone, and then one of the questions, well, have you ever heard of it? And I was like, sounds familiar. <laughs>
0: And then, obviously, they don't listen if they didn't.
1: Well, no. I mean, my name tag was down. You couldn't see my name tag. Okay. I'd never met them before. And obviously, they did listen. So that's going to be the fun part is that they hear the other side of the story. <laughs> because I go, sounds familiar. And they're like, well, oh, is is anybody at ITC? Because we keep getting confused with insure tech connect and i'm like damn it we we're the first ones we... jay weintraub you stole our name yeah it's, oh, 1983 <laughs> i was six years old he was probably like 16 years old in 1983 and he you know he, he doesn't he shouldn't be using this name and they go well oh is uh, is that involved with itc and i was like yeah it's it's involved with itc oh so do you do you actually work there and i'm like i'm <laughs> on the podcast <laughs>
0: I am one of the hosts.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I might be familiar with one of the hosts
0: <laughs> a little intimately.
1: And yeah, the the one of the co-hosts is uh, she works for me, and then I'm the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and she was like, "You're Laird," and I'm like, "Welcome back, uh, welcome back to Insurance Happier. This is Laird." <laughs> that's awesome. And you know, it, we might actually have listeners now, you know. We it only took 2 years to get past our 14 listeners that I had to pay it's for. It's been
0: 2 years yet.
1: Uh getting close. It's been a year, huh?
0: It's been a uh, yeah. Yeah, it's
1: almost our, a year
0: and a half. It's but... our
1: second to last episode before our break. I know. Next week will be and I might have some fun stuff for the next episode.
0: Yay. So, We're, we we need to like plan that now. Yeah. Because my calendar's filling up fast. <laughs> up quickly.
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it will need to be planned.
0: Yes. that That's why I'm saying we need to get that planned. All right. Hmm. But anyway. Interesting. So, it, it just, so did it, she tell you any, like, what she thought?
1: Well, I what I wanted to do is that the, the way that the conversation progressed, uh-huh. it was I was unable to actually – inquire and ask questions
0: because mm, this is like not the first time you've been in an event and mm-hmm. you come back and been like so-and-so is telling me about that you listen to a podcast and i'm like and well I and mean, you're short on details and i'm like ah.
1: i had multiple people i i signed you know i we were talking because i brought up the story at dinner the next night and people at the table like subscribed and i'm like awesome
0: and i was take stand- your phone and subscribe for them for that no 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 no
1: i i'm like open up your favorite podcast app And find (laughs) (laughs)
0: because I'll just take
1: their phone and do it for them. At this point, I'm like at a point where I'm like, listen, I've now we we've now got it all over. We we don't have to worry about well, what do you use? I'm like, just find your favorite podcast app and open and subscribe. But uh, at a um, at a networking event. I had two people as I could smell that whiskey from here. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, it's insurance happy hour. I know.
0: <laughs> I believe one of our feedback was that we didn't... <laughs> drink it up. Drink it up. So here um, we are.
1: Well... Yeah, again, uh, you like my cup? Um, because uh, of work? Is because that what it's work. Said? Because work? Okay. I drink because <laughs> of work. But uh, talk to someone else, and they're like, oh, you know, I, I really enjoy listening to it, and I've got a couple of other people. And then we got feedback from a you know a listener just saying hey great show thanks for you know thanks for including us in the episode it's really cool to hear people and have them engaging with it it's, yeah. it's a nice part
0: so, well it makes me feel like i'm not just i mean
1: wasting your time <laughs> i
0: was not gonna say of my time uh because you know these conversations i i've always enjoyed but it makes me it helps me remember that when we record yeah we're talking to each other but other people are going to hear this.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. Because <laughs> so, I forget that sometimes. Because it feels just like you and I always talk, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This is. I mean, we get that question somewhat often when people ask, talk to us about the podcast. About is that really how y'all are? And it's like, yeah. Yep. This this is not. you know, and you know, in,
1: you know, in a. In, in work, sometimes, you know, we pester each other. Like my my question of the day that, that you're <laughs> like, I thought you're going to be done asking me this. And like, and, and what was that question again? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got you to say it. Your, I got you to ask it yourself yesterday. That was awesome. <laughs> it was. You got to admit that.
0: I mean, what, what was I supposed to say?
1: Exactly. You, you could have just said, you know, F you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I suppose I could have, but correct. In the middle of a meeting with a bunch of other people, probably not. Yep.
1: You said you're going to stop asking me that question. And I'm like, and what question is that?
0: (laughs) So much fun working with you sometimes. I know. All
1: right. Anyway, so. Oh, so here we are. Part two of the uh, Coke and barrel. (laughs) Cake and arrow. Oh, (laughs) Coke and barrel. I was like, you know, Jack and Coke. I get it.
0: No, yeah yeah no, no, yeah
1: right. I'm falling. Uh, I'm broken. All right, so part two is <laughs> part this the part two. where we get into the millennials section of this or the modern insurance part of this because at this point we're in we've covered half the article and it's about or the half the study and it's pretty much exclusively just about consumer behavior.
0: Yes, well, so this this one is actually about designing insurance for millennials. okay.
1: Okay. I saw something today. I don't know if it's more fluff, but it was Neon. And it's done by uh, great American family or something like that.
0: Yeah, And an and the agent. There's an agent involved. I can't remember yeah, which but one they, it
1: is. They talked about that they have a group of assassins that are, have a specific set of skills. So not only are they now assassins, so they're murderers. They are also Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> I have a special particular set of skills <laughs> I will find you yeah and I will ensure you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well okay so this the second half of the report talks about um how um there's been a lot of talk about obviously convenience and going digital but really just going digital is table stakes at this point
1: it's it's yeah you you just exactly It's right. just the ante to to play in the game these right. days
0: like being digital offering digital workflow um, digital service like that's just bare minimum of what you have to do and and for insurance companies who want to appeal to millennials they have to do more than just be digital mm-hmm. um, and they they talked they, they started this next section talking about. Why millennials have this kind of unique space. And, and so, you know, we razzed we them a little bit um, in the previous episode about millennials, how mm-hmm. it was really more about getting attention than it was truly millennials. But they started this ne- next section talking a little bit more about why millennials are so important. One of the reasons being they are supposed to become the largest population group this mm-hmm. year. Passing the boomers, mm-hmm. but the other reason is that, and this goes back to the digital thing, but that they're digitally native because they've grown up with technology, whereas yeah. the older generations have not. So, yeah. um, so they're, I think, a little bit more forgiving of not having a digital option than the b- baby boomers are. Boomers yes, okay. and even some Gen X, right? Yep. So that's that's what's a map like paper map? <laughs> like <a laughs> how do you fold that thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I think one of the things the the industry has done is ignored obviously going digital, mm-hmm. which means they've ignored millennials and what millennials want, and that's what they've tried to address with okay. this report, and specifically this half of the report um, and there is i don't think. Well, from, from their perspective, what they say is there's a limited understanding of millennials and what they value and what they want, which leads the industry into a trap of thinking it's just about the technology, mm-hmm. that they go digital, that will solve their problems. But like we said just a second ago, being digital is bare minimum now. It's table Correct. stakes. Yes. So that's not enough. They have to go beyond being digital.
1: Okay. Well, how do how do they suggest that you go beyond digital? Because one of the things that we've we've made fun of, and I've even done it in this episode, is coming up with these kitschy kind of words, like Mm. you know the insurance ninjas and the insurance assassins, and it's it's unduly trying to.
0: It's it's not about the marketing message. Yeah, I mean it is, but it also isn't. So. So, um,
1: so I, I hope they give better than that. I, I hope that they give some real good examples and ideas.
0: Yeah, no, they, they, they. We'll, we'll discuss if it's good or not. We'll,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll depend on how if, – if I'm still grumpy from last week. <laughs>
0: there's there's definitely some ideas in here. And, and I was reading through this last night, and and it was kind of like, oh, that would be an interesting way to, to do it. But, okay. Well, um, you're
1: the millennial. I'm the Gen Xer. Well, maybe I'm, that's why I found it interesting. I, I'm, the,
0: I'm the old guy. <laughs> we'll see. But they did cite a study from Bain & Company Research that – of millennials say they would move their insurance business to new entrants that are capable of creating and delivering more value than the incumbents. So it's not just about the coverage. It's about more value. That is what the millennials want is more value. Yeah, but do they
1: want more value at a higher price?
0: Well that's that's what it comes down to right yeah. is price and perceived value. So how much is it going to cost and what do I get for that money?
1: Correct. And and I but that's where I think that that, that might fail a little bit is that they they sit there and they want a high value but they want it cheap. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't often go okay wait, if I I have to pay more for this additional value.
0: Right. Yeah. Well,
1: and I got I got quoted a policy like I I've, I've been shopping lately. And You're I got quoted, a lot. I know I shop all the time, but um, I got quoted a policy. Same agency. I chose two different locations of the agency, and one policy was seven hundred dollars more than the other one. Same agency, just two different carriers, mm-hmm. and same coverage. Yes. Yeah, same. Well, no, it, there was same coverage as in terms of actual dwelling coverage and all that. Mm-hmm. But there was all these little add-ons,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the add-ons were half of them I was like I'll never use like it doesn't that doesn't matter to me mm-hmm. and so I, I think that that needs to be part of the conversation is what do you perceive as value is, well, is, is it what's valuable so I guess right. that's what's next
0: so Bain and company has identified what they call the 30 elements of value and mapped them into four catar- categories kind of like the Maslow hierarchy of needs do you remember that from mm, school I do okay <laughs> For anybody who may not remember the Maslow hierarchy and needs is a pyramid, right where your base base groups yeah you' ba- you can't achieve higher need until you've taken Fulfilled, care of the yes, base yeah. um, so I, I realize this is a podcast and y'all can't see this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all I see is I'm hungry, so all I see is a food pyramid. <laughs> Meats and fats are at the top all right, what is that all Right, right.
0: so this is, this is Bain and company's thirty Elements of value pyramid, and at the okay. bottom is your functional um functional values, value elements. So simplification, making money, reducing risk or organization, saving time, reducing effort, avoiding hassles, things like that. And they're they're saying that most insurance companies are at this base level okay. of value. Can I can I see real quick? Yeah. All right, here we go. And come. this is in the report. And we'll put the link to the in the show notes for this, anybody who wants to download This it report's
1: see. for millennials because uh, that's that font is small. It I, it is, it is. I can still read it. Which it is, is good. tiny. Um, okay. So saves time, reduces effort. Yeah. quality. So that, that's where okay.
0: most most insurance companies provide value now is at the base level. And their okay. their hypothesis or their – I don't know if it's hypothesis is the right word. But their, their opinion is that in order to really appeal to millennials, you have to go higher up the pyramid in okay. terms of providing value. Okay.
1: okay. So the next step up is emotional. Mm-hmm. Okay. Attractiveness, wellness, aesthetics, nostalgia, badge value. Oh, oh so um, rewards or something like that. I could see that. Therapeutic value <laughs> rewards me, fun entertainment reduces anxiety and provides access. Okay. You know, is, is this study really personal lines or is this going across the gamut of insurance well this is insurance? from Bain
0: and Company so it's not just insurance this is Oh uh, okay. All right cuz this well, is all products and services that okay. would we'll to the consumer. Okay. right Cause,
1: cause a lot of this will start applying to like life and health and right. really health being the the primary go. Okay, go ahead. Okay. And then oh the next category life-changing
0: is your insurance
1: life-changing my life-changing insurance like i show up (laughs) at the insurance agency and i walk out a new man (laughs) like like i am fat and balding i walk out and i look (laughs) like chris pine you know hair so thick my barber charges me double (laughs) I can now shop at all the trendy stores. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. And then the final is social impact. Yeah. And they literally say self-transcendence.
0: Well, that's – I mean wow. that's – self-actualization I think is the top of Maslow's Pyramid, yeah. right? So, I, they
1: were they were fitting it in, but wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. So then they kind of go through a reminder of last year's report where they talked about millennials uh-huh. um, and kind of – you know, they're highly educated but struggling financially. They live in the present but worry about the future. Uh, they're largely differentiated by age and level of education, and they break them down into four groups.
1: Yeah, and uh, I had a real problem with that. But what? Just just the way that they broke them out.
0: Oh, I, I mean, if you want to hear about that, you guys can go listen to that yeah. episode. Episode <laughs> from, from last from last summer. Yep. Um, they hold traditional values but operate an un, untraditional timelines, usually because they're struggling financially. Uh
1: well, I mean there's there's new studies that are showing that millennials are actually you know starting not to struggle, that they're starting well, to Well, because we're getting older. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm in my late 30s. So, God, I hate saying that. I'm in my late 30s. Um well, but in your 20s, did you struggle? Yeah.
1: Uh now ask me. Did did you struggle in your 20s? Yeah. Did, did everybody struggle whenever but, they but, just started out? What, what makes them different from baby boomers? I mean, baby boomers struggled in their 20s and 30s and 40s.
0: <laughs> I mean – Yeah, but I, I think the difference is that the boomers did not let financial and even Gen X didn't necessarily let financial – not struggles necessarily, but the fact that they weren't making a ton of money keep them from buying a house or starting a family – um, no, they put those things first in life and right. that's and, but and, and that's, they found a way to make it work either by taking other jobs or cutting things back or, you know, making their own clothes, whatever it was. Yeah. But I, I,
1: you know, again, I know millennials that were buying houses and were struggling and, you know, they, they, you, you're a prime example is that, yeah, you weren't a, you know, you weren't a trust fund baby at all. And you had in your 20s, you worked, you went to school, you worked, you did, you built yourself up the ranks. You tried, you moved into a house pretty soon. Uh,
0: We bought our house. I was 27.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you were already there building that up. So I I, I really struggle because it's almost like a lot of times millennials either a get thrown under the bus or B throw themselves under the bus. well, you know, I'm not making as much money as my boomer parents were you know, that I'm not making as much as my 50 year old parents are doing. That's, that's not right. And so whenever this study talks about that, that, that's why I had a real problem with it is because whenever it's sitting there going, you know, they struggle because they don't have financial means. I didn't have financial means in my twenties. You didn't. My well, parents, I mean, I, parents, I didn't
0: make a ton of money, and that's fine. But I think the the thing that held me back a lot in my twenties, uh, before I was married and had the joys of a joint income, um, was my student loan debt.
1: Mm-hmm. But you,
0: right? If, if I
1: had student loan debt for one semester, um, <laughs> but uh, I. I I actually focused. That was the first thing I did. Well, the second thing I got an apartment, but the second thing I started paying off was my student loan debt. Wow, and I, I had,
0: I've been paying my student loan off from them, but it's still not paid off. That's how big my student loan is. Uh,
1: yeah. I know. I, I, I get it. But so, there was big student loans, you know, back in my day,
0: but, but in, the cost, the cost these days is exponentially higher than when it was. I, and I'm, I'm talking even from when I was in school because my undergrad, uh, was a fraction of what it costs oh, someone ten years younger than me.
1: Someone was at dinner and he, yes, he is older than us. And he was talking about at U T back in his day. Back it in was, the yeah, back it in was, the good old days. It was five dollars per semester hour.
0: I almost swore.
1: <laughs> but so okay, I, I didn't want to get off on that tangent. But, but one of the things, but what what I'm saying there is that Millennials have the same struggle. It's just they seem to be more vocal about it, or people are putting these on them. And so, uh, it, and, you know, what's amazing is as baby boomers get older, they get they, grumpier.
0: Well, everybody gets grumpier. I mean, I'm looking forward to the day that what's the next generation? I generation? Is that what we're calling them? I look forward to the day they start coming into the workforce and all the millennials start complaining about the exactly. I-generation. Like, That's what I look forward
1: earmarked to. earmarked this point in this episode. 22 minutes up into this episode, it was, we mentioned this. And this happened, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll look like, you know, prognostication in, in, gods. In
0: five to ten years, people start complaining about the I-generation. Correct. All right. But, okay, so their key insight from the study studies that they've done of millennials is that they understand the value of insurance but they don't want to buy it. I mean, who does, right? Millennials okay. are not alone in that. Okay, great. Um, no
1: no nothing new there. Right. Um, so
0: they're they're putting forward that for insurance to really resonate with millennials, it needs not only needs to be functional, it needs to be emotional, life-changing or needs to create a social impact. So where are the opportunities to do that? And this is what they looked at. This is what they, they came okay. together and looked at. So, the core of millennial values community and authentic connection.
1: Okay. Well, that's an independent agent. Mm. So, if you want to be in your community and you want to connect with someone not in a call center, right? You know, behind a TV ad. You want to connect with your community and create social value and in a sense of community. Well, there's an independent agent. So, well, what's
0: what, interesting is as they talk about this, they don't mention agents at all. Oh, of course not, because that's
1: the, that's the, you know, cake and arrow and uh, coverager. They really don't focus on agencies. They it's about the insure tech. You know, it's it's about the replacement of insurance agencies, and you see it a lot of times in their in 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 the way they talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I you know again. Agents are the forefront of what this is looking for. Yeah. And so, the carriers that support them.
0: So, the second core millennial value that they put forth is interdependency and social good, right? So, they want, they view giving back to others and supporting their community um, as a way of feeling connected with others.
1: Okay. Well, then, you know, there, there's a lot of ways to do that. We talked about that, that I feel that that's very disingenuous of like, you know, for every, like the socks or the shoes, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we will give away a pair. You know, I, I think that great. You can go ahead and do that. But maybe we should look at it in a way of, all right, this, uh, you know, we can create social good here in our community and keep it local. Yeah. So then, you know, if you want for every insurance policy, you buy with us. We plant a tree. You know, we go out back, shove a seed in the ground and there you go. Oxygen is good.
0: I love your generation X skepticism. <laughs> uh, okay, so the third value is transparency and autonomy. Right? Okay, so they want more transparency and autonomy over how they want transparency into, into how their data is used, and they want autonomy over how it gets used.
1: Okay, well, a the transparency of the how data is used that's that's going to be everybody now with yeah. with everything going on. In fact, I was at a at a summit and we talked a lot about that that. In, you know, with GDPR and California's version of it and multiple states kind of trying to build upon that is how your data is being used is going to become a critical thing in the industry. Oh yeah. And so that's, that's a kind of a get given, but also, you know, speaking, you know, we, we talk about lemonade all the time. And one of the ways they, they talk about is the transparency report, which is probably pulling, you know, either a, they pull the idea from each other or whatever it may be. But the problem is, is that what is a loss ratio? What is an expense ratio? What's what, you know, why is a high loss ratio bad? Why is a low expense ratio good? You know, what, what is the, you know, there, there's weird terms. And even whenever lemonade talks about those terms, they struggle to actually explain them they, they generalize them and they, they move on from them. But if you want true transparency about how your insurance company is operating, you know, the, the the normal consumer won't know what that is. So I'm not sure that you can really do that. Maybe, you know, if, if you're buying something that's, you know, sustainably or or responsibly sourced, like, you know, computers that aren't made by, you know, four-year-olds, you know, that's, that's something that you know I could see being more transparent about how you run your business. I don't know how much that applies to insurance, because it's like, well, let's tell you about Susie in the underwriting department and how she works hard to underwrite your risk. You know, no, sorry, go.
0: Yeah. So they formulated based off the millennial values and the challenges that they, you know, in their in their research found the generation facing. They formulated four key hypotheses to inform their solution that they were trying to come up with and and put forth. So the first hypothesis, joining affinity groups based upon values, lifestyle, risk, or interest to purchase insurance will make millennials more excited about insurance and make them feel like they are part of something bigger than themselves. Number two, millennials are attracted to the idea of shouldering costs when others are in need if it means they will be taken care of when they are in need. So basically, accepting the underlying principles of insurance, right?
1: So, did we just. That pulling
0: risk is. So, did we part just start
1: getting into Social Security?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three. So, so
1: they're, they're all okay with Ponzi schemes to, as long as they're supported, they'll support others? No. Uh, yeah. pyramid. Hey, pyramid I,
0: I get it. Uh, number three, giving millennials a role in defining what they want covered by their insurance will give them a sense of agency and control. And Number four, giving millennials insight into exactly how their dollars are being put to use will build trust in insurance and make them feel like their money is well spent.
1: Okay, you put money. We put we put your money into a bank account. We hope that it earns interest, and we hope that we don't pay out more than we've earned. I, I mean, it, it, I, I don't understand how you're able to do this. These these things don't apply to insurance, in my in my opinion, hmm. because insurance is just this is that you, and that's, that's your loss ratio. That's why it's a hundred percent. You know, you get $100 in and you pay $100 in claims. You make $0. You put 101 in, or you know, you put a hundred in and you pay out 95 in claims. Yay. Profit. Right. It's much more complicated than that, but that's how insurance works. You, you, You know, your money's not doing something special. Like it's, you know, it's right, a but, bank. But I mean, what, it's an investment, and in, it is highly regulated securities.
0: Right. Well, but their point is, is not what the that the money is then invested. It's that show consumers who is getting helped by their premium when they're not making a claim, right? So uh, okay. So, so your your so, premium went into this pool that we made investments in, and we built. More money out of, and then we took that money and we helped these five people in tough situations because they had a claim event, and your money went to help them.
1: Okay, so using people's loss and tragedy as a uh, marketing vehicle, yeah. nice. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's not. It's not what the way that I want to market.
0: I know I mean, it's that's not, the not way it's you not want a, to market. But know, but
1: he, so you want to go tell a millennial, yeah, man, someone's house got wrecked by a tornado, and we were able to help them. Do you feel better now? I mean, that. T- come on. Some people might. I, I I just don't see how these are actually applying to anybody with a, with it, you know, two neurons to rub together. Okay, sorry. Well, I'm.
0: Th- I, 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 this, this is this is their 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 hy- hypothesis of how to appeal to millennials is okay. show them, you know, what because they have this graphic, and. Again, the text is small, so you have to hold it up close so you can see it, old man.
1: Still have 2010 vision <laughs> in one eye. Um, something bad happens, their insurance company pays the money back if nothing. But this is this is really da- dangerous, is because a customer pays a premium to their insurance company, and if something bad happens, their insurance company pays them money back. If nothing happens, they see nothing. Well, you know. This is this is a risk. You can't just sit there and we're gonna pay you money. It's gotta be a covered claim. Mm. It has to be, you know, in you know, you gotta have transparency that, yeah, this is not gonna pay everything. People buy a car, it goes off the lot, loses twenty percent of its value, they get in a wreck five minutes ago, and if they don't have gap coverage, boom, it's done. Yeah. I, I mean this is this is just ed I think that this had better I think agents and carriers would be better served. In making sure they have ways to educate the customer about what insurance is, and they can forego all of this. Okay. So what's right? Customer pays their premium to their insurance company, the customer's money goes into fund that is carrier retributes among customers as bad things happen. So but that's that's insurance. That's been insurance since day one. I know. When you're when you're in a bar in, in London and everybody pooled their money just to cover risks. There you go. All right. What if insurance was more transparent? Um, Okay. Um, Rather than paying money to their insurance company, customers pay a premium to a fund managed by their carrier that everyone in the network can see. Customers can watch money go in and out of the fund and see how much money is being used to support others in their network. Okay. So go become a go to state farm. Go to nationwide, go to, um, farmers, they're called mutuals, right? They publicly state all of that information. Go, go, go. I mean, that was, that was the whole thing about lemonades. They, they came out is peer to peer, you know, a, a unique new idea of peer to peer insurance. This was their first idea. And I'm like, okay, so they're recreating the idea from a bar in London where everybody said, hey, everybody, we're in this group of people. We want to ensure to make sure this is like after the London fire or something like that. We want to put all of our money in a group so that we can pay whenever there's a claim. And so everybody has insurance. And they're saying that this is the new way to talk to millennials. What they're doing is they're just rehashing what insurance has always been.
0: Well, it, it, I mean, I think that's the point. Is not you can't change insurance. Insurance is insurance, but putting it in a way and just you know presenting it in a way that millennials can understand and relate to.
1: Then, then why are you seeing like uh, neon and what's this other one that we were talking about? Uh, button or uh, toggle, toggle. Yeah, toggle. and Lemonade. Then why you know. Why are they not doing that? Why are they trying to use terms that, such as ninjas and assassins, and create out, you know, talking about how using satellites to detect fires from space when you can walk down the street and see a fire? So, um, but what, you know, why are they not following these old these old things? Because I think that this, I'm starting to really not like this this survey. I couldn't tell so, uh, or, or this report because it's stating exactly what it is. And what we need to be doing is educating con- consumers and we need to be transparent in the way, in the way that we educate them and say, this is what insurance is. Yep. There's not much, we, we can't give you a lot of feel good stuff. I was telling someone yesterday, it's like insurance isn't sexy. It doesn't feel good to buy it.
0: Nope. It feels good when you need it. Correct. And, but,
1: you know, it's the one thing
0: we we buy that we we, hope we never use. Can we trademark that? Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't feel good to buy it, but it feels good when you need it. (laughs) All right. So what what conclusions
1: does it have here?
0: Basically that technology is not going to impress millennials.
1: No, it's not. And I I think that millennials are smarter than they're given credit for. Yep. And what we need to be doing is just providing great service. That's what it comes down to.
0: But service is not a differentiator either. Oh, no.
1: I'm just saying great service from the the beginning, like the servicing of the client throughout the life cycle. Yeah. From this, uh, how you acquire them, how you feel, how you educate them before, during, and after the sale, how you are able to get them on board cleanly and, and happily. And then finally, how you are able to support them when they're not needing a claim and really support them when they have a claim.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that
1: was it. Oh. Pretty much. So uh, I'm going to bring all those sheets of paper to uh, <laughs> to to a campsite and burn it as a firewood because that's about as all good as it's worth.
0: There's a lot of trees.
1: Yeah, it was. Hmm. So I, you know, this is we get all impassioned on on this show. Uh, a little bit. We, we, we go back and forth and we, we chat And a lot of times. I I wonder, are we wrong? Am I wrong? Are you wrong? You know, are we just spouting off what we, I would love to have more feedback on this, on this topic because it's a con, it's a, it's a discussion that has come up multiple times every single year. It's how, how do you engage millennials? How do you engage millennials? How do you capitalize and now we're we're no longer engaging millennials we're trying to capitalize on millennials because they're the largest demographic right upcoming and actually they've already been capitalized for a while because it's that you know 21 to 35 age demographic you know that advertisers love mm-hmm. well 18 to 35 yeah whatever i, mean, I was 21, so so they have, can uh, buy alcohol, mm. but you can't uh, advertise alcohol on TV. though. You know? <laughs> I know, but you can advertise in bars. <laughs> so, but you know that they have that whole, that, you know they're that that 18 to 35 are millennials now. Yeah, it's the key target advertising demographic, and we need to be you know capitalizing on them. So that's what the questions are these days. Why can't we just have something that works for everybody? Let's let's just, you know, have technology when you want it, people when you don't. Have t- uh, content that is clear, concise, and to the point, and transparent. That says exactly as it is, not putting any fluff on there. Like you know, our our ninjas are in the back uh, doing karate chops on your insurance uh, rates. You know, none of that. Let's yeah. just be what it is. Hmm. All right. I think I think I'm done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're late. I was just waiting. We're waiting. But, you know, coming up, I, and this, this will be, I think I'll be ready to, to talk about this, um, whenever season three rolls around is, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of new things, uh, going around marijuana Mm. and I I think that we actually need to have an episode about Um, marijuana insurance. Yeah, and how how it affects it, how, you know, it, how does it affect driving, it, you know, how it impacts driving, how it impacts uh, productivity, all of those types of things. I think it'd be a neat episode. So I was going to actually go research that, not, you know, actually go research, <laughs> but actually sit on the computer and do some research.
0: <laughs> It'll be nice not to have to do that myself one for once. <sighs> Hmm. What? Come on. All good. All right. So we would really like to hear your thoughts. Like Laird said, do you think we are completely missing the boat or do you think maybe we're kind of right?
1: Uh, jumping right back into this. So, um, <laughs> I knew he wasn't done. What's, the, uh, it's not schema marketing. It's a persona marketing. Uh-huh. See, I, I think that the, I, I love the idea of persona marketing yep. is that what you do is you find what engages them and what they want, but really it's the same underlying theme. So, you know, you can take the same underlying message and idea and market that singular idea and message to millennials and baby boomers, just changing it as you just just based upon where they are in life, mm-hmm. I think is more engaging than trying to, you know, gram it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, you know, gram it. If, if you said gram it to me in like the 90s, I'd be like, what, make... Make your grandma do it or something. And now it's... It
0: means a totally different thing. Doing
1: it for the gram. Oh, man, you're so nice. You took that picture for your grandma? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. So hit us up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Layered is L. Ricksford. You can tweet using the hashtag Insurance Happy Hour.
1: Or the hashtag Holy
0: Crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, you can find the show notes at insurancehappyhour.com dot com and subscribe if you haven't already.
1: I'm looking forward to next week's episode. I'm teasing it.
0: I know it's going it, to be a fun one.
1: It should be, and if it's not, you can blame me.
0: <laughs> I would. I will. I'm not afraid of that.
1: <laughs> that will, that will be the bomb. It'd be like, yeah, that didn't live up to expectations. <laughs> that's how it's gonna end
0: <laughs> that was terrible
1: <laughs> goodbye season two <laughs> that was terrible
0: <laughs> oh
1: crap all right well it's, it, it's a fun topic I like talking about it no. okay. we'll, we'll we'll have to revisit this in a year when they try to piss me off one more time
0: <laughs> but that yet another report yep. I'm sure they
1: will all right well it's been fun and You gotta reboot that part. <laughs>
0: this is going our highlight reel. <laughs> so, I was talking about you uh, from yeah, yourself I, I, perspective. I,
1: I got it. Yeah. I, I knew. I knew what you meant. You win. <laughs> it feels so wrong and dirty. <laughs>
0: Cut that out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.